you are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. Hey. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this down. No way How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren, and I am the host of the Willpower Podcast. Today, our special guest is David Bentick, and David is actually an eXp realtor, and he's based out of the Texas market. So it's an absolute honor to have him on here today. So David, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Will. I really appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited to be here and uh, hopefully looking forward to add value to you and your audience. Of course. I'm sure you'll do that. I love talking with realtors and kind of figuring out why they chose real estate in the first place and kind of how they got to where they are today. Yep. Uh, so my first question for you is, what was your childhood like and how has it helped turn you into who you are today? Man, really great question, boss. Uh, so so if you don't mind, I'll, let me take the stage. I'll kind of, you know, give you my 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 fifteen thousand dollars, fifteen thousand, uh, you know, bird's eye view of, you know, the over me overview of, of, you know, where I came from and my background. So, um, you know, I grew up uh, very, very humble beginnings, man. I, I didn't really um grow up in in the best of neighborhoods it wasn't you know anything you know you know you know ghetto or or something like that but it it definitely wasn't um you know i didn't really have great role models surrounding me so i would say probably you know i i learned very early on man the principles of hard work and the value of honesty Uh, when i was about you know in high school getting into high school um, i really started to become more entrepreneurial Um, around 16 Um, I had a truck, a 1996 Silverado. I mean, I love that thing. And what I used to do is I used to go into estate estate sales and garage sales. And I would just go in and and uh, do kind of like the Gary V thing where I go and find stuff that I could you know, buy and later sell for a profit. Um, a, a big thing that I used to do is is buy washers and dryers, which actually, you know, I used to make a lot of money on uh, because more, more often than not, you can buy a small, a small, a small piece um, that, you know, maybe the dryer needed and, you know, it, it, it worked pretty, pretty well. A lot of a lot of people would throw out their dryers just because, you know, maybe the, the heat is stopped heating, but it maybe it's just a simple part. And so I really made a, a, a good not living, but I, I would say like I did really well as far as doing that. So that's where the kind of like my entrepreneurial, uh, you know, spirit came out and also going into different houses, man. It really kind of gave you that point of view and how people live, man. It really intrigued me. And, uh, you know, my passion for real estate grew after that ever since because I was reading a lot of self-developmental books and reading how all these self-made millionaires started to become wealthy through real estate. You know, real estate was a facet of their wealth. So um, I tried the whole college thing, man. I, it didn't really work out with me because, you know, there's a great Nipsey Hustle quote that says, if you look in your circle and you don't get inspired, you know, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. And when I was in college, I didn't feel like anybody really wanted to be there. Nobody had, you know, really took an interest of what they were doing. And so I ended up dropping out around that same time. You know, like I said, I was reading all these books. I was watching like million dollar listing. Um, you know, I was like, man, you know, real estate seems pretty cool. Like, I mean, it, it just, it, it led me in that direction to get my real estate license. So, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple of months, I got my real estate license and I would say, you know, I tell people I didn't go to university, but I went to, I went through the university of hard knocks. 
I'm pretty sure anybody who who was an entrepreneurial or entrepreneur went through the school of hard knocks, man. You just kind of, you know, you had to roll with the punches. And so um, I would say probably after uh, uh, probably about three years into being an agent, you know, I really found my stride. Because I, what I what I did what I found out was that you know I really wanted to change the reputation that people had for agents, um, because let's be honest, man, you know you you know we're not really looked at uh, with a lot of respect, right? Unless you create that, unless you create that presence, or you've been in the business for a while. So I, I you know I really wanted to I strive to innovate the process of buying and selling and make the make that experience a lot better for my clients. And so how I, you know, usually would do that is going to trainings, going to seminars, learning from the best and becoming like a certified home selling advisor through the National Association of Expert Advisors. And so, um, you know, that really, really um, helped me, you know, innovate that process for my clients. And so um, I really saw the need to give back to my agents because I, re I really want to see everybody win. Um, you know, something that we believe at EXP is the collaboration over competition. So, um, you know, you know, making the process smooth for my clients, adding value where I can to my um, adding value to where I can to my my uh, my fellow peers in the real estate business actually won me 2021's hardest working realtor rise and grind award by the by uh, real producers. I don't know if you have real producers in your marketplace. Do you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a, a big feat, which I was very humbled to win. Um. So, so um, ever since then, man, I really found the stride to not only give back to my agents. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, um, continue to try to add value where I can, Will. And, um, you know, in doing so, I, I've, I've created like a private Facebook group where agents can come and collaborate. You know, I get a lot of, you know, top agents seeking advice and wanting to partner with me at EXP, man. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a stubborn visionary with a huge, huge heart. And I'm willing to help anybody who's willing to help themselves. 100%. I mean... I love that come up and I love your humble beginnings and kind of how you stumbled into entrepreneurship. And honestly, there's a lot of similarities of how I kind of came into entrepreneurship at the same time. You mentioned that you read a lot of books and that kind of like showed you like how real estate is kind of the key, like generating that generational wealth and yep. wealth for long key. And that's kind of like my podcast. I kind of started out wanting to find that secret of like, what are people actually doing to become successful? So at the beginning, I was just interviewing like entrepreneurs and like Inc. 500 CEOs, people of that nature. And all of them had something in common. They're all involved in real estate in some type of way. Maybe not like a realtor, but like investors. And so that's why I kind of changed my podcast more towards real estate. And so I totally see where you're coming from, from that angle. And it's super cool to kind of see you dive into real estate and, um, you know, even take that step of dropping out of college because you, like you said, that Nipsey hustle quote is actually great. I love Nipsey, rip Nipsey, but um, I, I definitely can relate to that. And it's like, I'm in college right now and I'm, I'm totally experiencing the same thing that you yeah. were talking about. Um, you just don't have the balls to drop out, but I definitely, definitely read where you're coming from. So. It took a lot. It took a lot because uh, uh, my mom, she's from Mexico and they put a lot of value and emphasis on going to school. Right. Uh, you know, they, you know, her mindset was, is that, you know, going to school, getting a good job and getting a, you know, working for however long is, is, uh, you know, that's the American dream. Right. And so, you know, me, you know, uh, venturing off the path, you know, she, she definitely didn't like it. She definitely supported, but it definitely took a lot of guts, a lot of praying to make that decision. And, and luckily I have very supportive parents, supportive parents who, who have uh, helped me through my career. So, man, I, I completely understand, you know, I, I would, def I would definitely just, I'll, honestly, I can, if I can go back, I would, I would go to college, but just for the networking purposes, because it's not, it's not, it's not about the grades you make, man. It's the hands you shake for sure. 100%. I can totally relate to that as well. Like, I feel like I'm not learning that much, but I feel like I'm meeting people, you know, and getting that experience kind of under my belt. For sure. 
Um, I had Futuristic on my podcast a while ago. I don't know if you've, you know who he is, but he oh. mentioned the same thing. Futuristic, he's a, he's a rapper. Pretty Futuristic. Rapper. No, I don't think I've heard of him. Gotcha. I thought you said Future. No, I wish. <laughs> but, um, but he dropped out of college too. And he told his mom, he's like, listen, if I don't make it by the time I'm like 27, 28, then I'll come back to college and finish it for you. So he kind of like made that jump. It's kind of cool to see that same correlation with, with your story. So I'd like to go back. I have to go follow him, man. I'd love to hear people's success stories. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's super cool. Um, so so kind of fast forward in your career, you chose real estate and yep. you chose to become a realtor. So how did that first year go in real estate? Did you go as, you, as an expector or was it a lot harder for you? Uh, man, I fell flat on my face. I, I joined Keller Williams and, you know, this isn't a shot at any brokerage. Um, you know, I, I have the mindset of a hundred zero, which is, uh, it's one of my core values is hundred percent accountability, zero, zero excuses. And so I didn't do anything for my first, uh, I believe eight months in the business. Um, what I didn't realize is that when I would go into the office, I thought I was being productive by going to the office. Well, and I wasn't, I was actually rubbing shoulders with other new agents. Um, what I found out quickly was that top producers were not actually in the office. They were actually out in the field or, or either working from home. Um, so I was actually rubbing shoulders with other new agents and we were just kind of in the office, not knowing what to do. Now there was trainings, um, in that office for sure, but I think that office was actually pretty disorganized because it was a newer Keller Williams. And, um, you know, like I said, six months, eight months in, I was, I was on the cusp of giving up. Um, but I quickly, I quickly realized, like, look, if I do that, I'm going to have to go back to college, which I didn't want to. And also, um, you know, I didn't want to become another statistic, right? 80%. I think it's even higher. 87% of agents fall out their first year. And they're like, man, there's no way. Right. So I started, you know, quickly calling people or, or reaching out to the people that I know. And uh, there was a the, one of my buddies who was at a different Keller Williams, um, you know, was at a much larger office and said, hey, man, there's this team that's hiring. And I was like, look, I've got nothing to lose but everything to gain. Quickly joined the team and they quickly taught me how to, which I wish somebody taught me at, at earlier in my career, was how to lead generate, um, how to follow up, how to run appointments, how to cold call, how to script. They taught me the fundamentals of, of real estate because um, I personally believe you never graduate from the fundamentals. So I, that's what I did on a daily basis. Uh, one of the top one of the top habits of the of the one of the top habits of the of the top one percent of earners is that they prospect uh, for a minimum of two hours a day. So I quickly learned how to prospect, and I did that for you know I did that for several years, um, you know, in, in the beginning of my career. And I you know because I mean at being young, you know, nobody really trusts you. I mean, there you get a couple of friends, family friends who who would like to use you and, and give and throw you a bone, but. Let's be honest, man. If, if you were to go to a stranger and, you know, you know, you look young. Right. And you don't have the necessary skill or knowledge that maybe their friend in 20 years uh, has, you know, they're not going to use you. They're just going to see you as that is that punk kid. Um, but I quickly learned how to cold call strangers and convert and run appointments. And so that really, uh, you know, mastering that fundamentals of doing that really, you know, really led me up to up until this point. I mean, I still prospect on a daily basis. Um, because I, I'm, I'm always trying to fill the top of that funnel and, and, you know, bring people, you know, into client statuses. hundred percent. So would you say that switching brokerages was probably the turning point in your early real estate career? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So like I said, I was at Keller Williams for about two and a half years. And, you know, like earlier, what I said, um, you know, that three year mark is really where I found my stride. And, and there's a reason why is because about three years ago in July, uh, 2019 is actually when I joined EXP. Um, or were you talking about joining brokerages like from Keller Williams to Keller Williams? 
Yeah, but you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I I believe what happened was is that I got around I got around the right people, right? Proximity is power. I got around people who who were actually doing business. The team that I joined was a was a sixty million dollar real estate sales team. Uh, so I got around people doing exactly what I did and uh, doing exactly what I needed to do to become successful, even though it's not sexy at all. Uh, trust me, I'm in the office pretty much almost every day. If I'm not out showing clients, I'm cold calling, I'm following up, making videos like it's, it's not sexy. Um, you know, you, you could look on Instagram uh, or uh, agents Instagram and you can see them making TikToks and reels and it looks cool and all that's good. But honestly, you know, uh, there's a difference between prospecting being a, a proactive and reactive kind of marketing. And uh, I like, I like proactive, man. I like the cold call. I like the cold DM. I like the door knock. I like to be more aggressive on, on how I run my business and all that translates into how, you know, I work for my mm -hmm. clients. I don't like to be reactive. Uh, if you, you know, making the TikToks and the reels are great. Um, and I think that's good. I mean, definitely sprinkle that in, but that's not scalable. Will I personally believe if you're a little bit more of a prospecting based business, like I'm a cold caller, in my private Facebook group, I go live cold calling. And if anybody wants to join, they can go take a look at it. It's called Keeping It Real in Real Estate. It's a private Facebook group. Um, and I show people what I'm doing, how I call, who I call, what I call. And, you know, I, I can scale that. I have a little bit more control over my business. And so I got around the right people who taught me all that. And I personally believe that was the, the catalyst for my growth. Gotcha. Yeah, let's actually dive into that a little bit, because obviously sales is what runs every business. And obviously, you got to fill the top of your funnel. And so that comes from processing, prospecting and kind of generating those leads um, for yourself. So kind of like, what are you doing to kind of prospect that you were doing differently to kind of get those leads starting out and like cold calling? Like, <clears throat> how are you getting those lists of cold call? Like, how many make it a day? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So so what the difference was is I was actually making the calls versus not making the calls. Right. That was step one. Uh, step two is like I, I got a great dialer, the Mojo dialer which is a fantastic dialer and you can actually buy neighborhoods, uh, zip codes. You can actually cold call around zip codes, uh, mm. which is great. That's called circle prospecting that. I mean, th that's great. That should, that's, that's a great start. Uh, that's actually the coldest of the cold. That's actually going to be more of a longer process, a more longer nurture process. Um, you know, you can go into expires, which is what I learned first, how to cold call expires and force up owners. More so expired listings just because they've already raised their hands into hiring an agent and paying a commission. So that's what I really focused on was expired listings. Um, you know, I did that, you know, probably we our team minimum standard was making at least 1500 phone calls a, uh, a week. So that was about, you know, if you're in the office Monday through Friday, you'd have to make 300 phone calls a day. Um, it, it, like it, That's wow. if you took the weekends off or just didn't prospect on the weekend. So. In the beginning of my career, I was making about 300 phone calls a day. I was making about, I know for a fact, I reverse engineer it. So if I call uh, about 30 to 35, if I make 30 to 35 contacts, I will set at least one appointment a day and get five nurtures, right? So I would uh, I would go into expired listings would, would be the first people that I would call. Um, our, our team also had a, da a database of, of, of uh, nurtured sellers. So people who, uh, who we talked to, but maybe just weren't ready. So I'd go into them. And then if I didn't get anything for them, I would go go into the circle prospect and see if I can get any neighborhood leads. Maybe more so calling calling uh, neighborhoods that uh, we recently just sold a home over and say, hey, we hey, well, we just sold a home well over asking. You know, have you thought about taking advantage of this great market? So it would be expires. It would be the nurtured sellers. And then they would go into to neighborhood prospecting and then obviously follow up. So so really, Will, the, the a great uh, you, you, you have to have a great schedule. Um, in this business, right? If it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. So from eight to 11, we would cold call. From 11 to 12, we would follow up. 
uh, 12 to about 1230 or 1245 will be and then from one o'clock to maybe about four would either be uh, uh, admin stuff like paperwork, writing offers, whatever, making. Now what I do in that time is, is the paperwork, writing offers, but also creating content. And if I don't have any appointments from about four to eight, I'm also I'm prospecting more. I'm doing more social media stuff. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm prospecting pretty much almost all day, every day. If I don't have an appointment, now if I do have appointments and showings, I would take it. I would I would do it anywhere from about two to about seven, right? That that's what a great day would look like. It's about eight to eleven mm. prospect, eleven to twelve follow up, twelve to twelve forty five have your lunch, and then one to four, uh, you know, do do your do your admin stuff, run your errands. Uh, do some social media and then, you know, get back on the phones from four to seven thirty. I promise you, if you master the phones, Will, you're never going to go out of business. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. And so 300 phone calls a day, cold calls a day is, is like a lot, but I feel like it's definitely worth. So you said you got one lead for 30 calls, right? That's, that's what your ratio was. Uh, one appointment. One appointment. So you got 10 appointments every single day, just from calling people 300 times. Pretty much. Yep. Wow. And then like how many, um, how many like deals does that turn into? Wait, wait, uh, uh, you said 10 appointments a day. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like from 300 calls total, you got 10 appointments. No, a day. So yeah. So 300 calls a day would equate to about, uh, a t- assuming that we have a, a good contact ratio about 10% because not a lot of people pick up their phones. Right. And what's happening is, is that a lot of carriers are starting to mark, you know, phone numbers who are, more, who are, who are making a lot of calls as spam. Um, you know, we'd get about a 10% contact ratio. So, so 300 phone calls would equate to about 30 contacts, 30 contacts would land me about one appointment. So it'd be about one, one appointment a day is what I would shoot for. Gotcha. That's pretty, that's still impressive though. I mean, mean, cold calling has got to be kind of like draining, you know, but it could be a grind, man. It could, it could really be a grind, man. I, you know, it, it, uh, it, it definitely can take a lot out of you. Luckily I have fallen, fallen in love with it and I'm good at it to where like, I actually make it fun. Like if you go watch some of my videos, man, I'm, I, I make it fun and I, I don't let them control the conversation. I tip, I typically like to control it. Gotcha. I, got a, I got a high D personality, so I control it, man. If they get kind of, if they start bucking, right. I, I mean, I would just put them right back into their place. I mean, but in a, in a polite way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it can be men and, you know, uh, this business can be draining in, in total. Right. But at the end of the day, how, how else are you going to be business if you're not talking to new people? hundred percent, hundred percent. And so you're buying these, these like zip codes to like where to call people, correct? Like yeah. So you can buy the, you'd have to buy the zip codes. There's a plan with Mojo um, in order to purchase the expireds and for sub owner leads, it would be a, uh, a Vulcan seven is the software that we use to purchase a lead, those leads from. Gotcha. I mean, you guys make it sound pretty easy. Like just do this calls and like, you're going to get these results. So, I mean, like my next question for you is like, why do most agents struggle to just pick up their phone and like make those cold calls or go door knocking or stuff like that? When it's just simple, like there's a planned out thing you can do, get sales up, but yet not a lot of people do that. So why yeah, is well, it just like working out, man? It's, it's a, it's a muscle. You have to work it out. Like when I first started off on the phones, I was, I was, you know, scared out of my mind, dude. I, you know, just the, number one, the thing that was the number one thing for me was like, I didn't want to hear, I don't, I didn't want people to hear my conversations, my team members, mm-hmm. right. Which, which was a limiting belief or a limiting mindset because they were there to help. They were, they were there to say, Hey, you know, say this next time. Right. Um, or two, you know, I was just afraid of what that other person was going to say on, on the, on the phone. Right. Which at, what, what's the worst they can say? They can either say no or hang up on you. Right. Um, I, I adopted the mindset, man, where I'm at the end of the day, I'm looking for people who are looking for me. So the person who 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 needs my help, they're going to stay on the phone and they're going to have they're going to stay there and listen to what I have to say. That's the person I'm looking for. 
100%. And so kind of like looking at your story and looking at how you kind of run your business, I love how assertive you are as an entrepreneur. You're like, this is my schedule. I'm going to stick to it. You got the mindset down. Okay. I, I know I'm going to re- get, get rejected eight out of 10 times with those people that don't reject me. I know it's going to work out. So my question for you is like, how do you kind of generate this whole mindset and ability to kind of overcome all these struggles and, you know, kind of get that mentality, like to keep pushing forward, knowing that's just going to be better things on the other side. Because a lot of people struggle to kind of develop that mindset. They have that first or second rejection. They're done. They're out of it. And it's like, how do you kind of develop? Do you think it's just from the personal development books you've read or what would you uh, contribute to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's that. It's also um, having a great support system, having great mentors. Uh, like here at EXP, man, we've got uh, a very collaborative community. Um, I know the person that you partner with is an amazing person as well. I've got amazing, I've got amazing support on my end as far as my sponsors and my my senior business partners. So so getting around them actually really helped me adopt these kind of mindsets. And you know, I've I've always, you know, modeling is actually the the shortcut to success. Well, like um, you know, I, I'm I'm a relentless knowledge seeker, right? I what I typically like to surround myself with people who have the most who have the answers to some of the most challenging questions of my life and uh, or, or most challenging questions in my life. Um, and I typically th- like to surround my people with surround myself with people who have those answers, like after attending a lot of conferences and buying, you know, a lot of coaching programs or reading a lot of books. I mean, I found one commonality um, with each and every person that I you know ran into was that, you know, they were they were trendsetters. Man, I saw the same faces at the at conferences. I saw the same books behind these people's desk and you know, you know, modeling is the shortcut to success. And so um, I really just modeled and adapted my mentors mindsets, uh, my mentors schedules, my mentors habits. Um, you know, if you find, find finding somebody who has the results you want um, and just du- duplicating and, and you know, uh, uh, modeling what they do to become successful, man. And, and one of that is the mindset. Right. And I personally believe that that, that you know, that's one of the reasons why I've, I've been able to adopt, adopt this mindset, not only that, but also knowing what it takes to become successful, knowing that, you know, I've been doing this for so long that, okay, this guy said, no, this guy said, no, this guy said, no, I already know that. I already know that I'm going to, I already know for a fact that I'm going to get a lot of no's and fuck you's um, before I get a yes. Right. Here's the thing. The more no's I get, the closer to a, to a yes I get, right? If I get 99 no's, but just that one guess who may be a $500,000 seller who's going to go buy, calling those 99 people is going to be well worth it, right? right? So that, that's what I personally believe, you know, putting myself into proximity and modeling successful people's habits, what they read, who they read, um, and their mindset has really adopted, you know, the kind of mindset that I have today. And so essentially what you're saying is, you know, you can just model these people and you know, the actions that you're doing is going to lead to success because other people have done it and it's led to success for them. And it's, it's no difference. Like starting a podcast for me, it's like I interviewed hundreds of successful people. It's like, I know the actions that are required to get there. And so it's like, I know it's going to take five years. I know it's going to be like in that time frame. So this is being consistent and same thing with you, like reading those books and kind of talking to those mentors, like, you know, exactly what it's going to take. And so like all these notes that are coming up now, they're not going to d- deter you for the future. And I love what you said about mentors. You're not mentioning like friends and family. You're not duplicating friends and family. You're duplicating people that you want to copy, that you want to actually be like into the future. I think that's so important because so many people don't get out of those groups that they're comfortable with, you know, and find out those new friends. And I can speak from experience, like different businesses that I've started, like once you meet these different entrepreneurs, like the conversations are different. And it's like, I love it. It's like the energy is so different. The vibes are different. 
And it's just like, you got to find that tribe of people. And it's not your friends and family. It's just people that are entrepreneurs that are actually doing it. And I love that fact about it too, because you can go out there and find them. So, I mean, yeah. Why would you take advice from somebody who doesn't have the results you want, or at least not doing what, what you're, what you're after, right? Find people who have the, who have reached the goals that you have and just ask like, Hey, you know, can I pick your brain? Can I take you out to coffee? And anybody who, who is, is open-minding into, you know, if somebody were to say, Hey man, I'd love to pick your brain. Let's get lunch. Like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Um, and even that, you know, find, finding the right mentors, finding somebody who's going to be open to doing that. There's some people who, who may not, who keep the cards close to their chest. And uh, I felt that at other brokerages um, here at EXP. I, I don't feel that at all. I mean, I've got several business partners who, I can reach out across the country and say, hey, man, I'm having I'm struggling here with this piece of my business. How do I level up? Right. And, and we can just hop on a quick call and, and you know, um, you know, figure out what needs to be implemented to get me to that next level. So that's what I love about the collaboration here at EXP. It's 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 one of the best, uh, you know, business models that I've ever seen, not only from a platform standpoint, but the fact that we get to collaborate with a bunch of people across the country to help us, uh, you know, stay accountable to our goals. Let me ask you something. Well, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to flip the script here. So you've interviewed a lot of people, obviously, um, you know, very successful people, I would imagine. Right. Uh, what, what has been some of your takeaways from like some of the people that you've interviewed, like, what are your, some, what are your takeaways as like some, some of the best nuggets that you've heard? Yeah. Some of the best nuggets. Um, so one guy I interviewed, he was an Inc. 500 CEO of a company called Jim Guys, who are like a billion dollar international company. And so I DM'd him to come on a podcast and his assistant said, no, we shouldn't do it because I'm too small of a person. But then he felt, he reached back out to me personally. He's like, you know, let's do it. And so I got on the podcast with him. He's like, you know why I accept this? Like, because you just took action. And I think For that sure. is such a huge goal to nugget. Like how many people are just getting analysis paralysis and they never just take action, whatever they want to do, you know, and just get to take that first step in that direction. And so to me, that was definitely one of my biggest golden nuggets. And uh, I kept that with me. Like, you don't got to know your whole plane. You got to know the next step. And so that's what I'm keeping in mind. It's just one day at a time. And so I think that's I love huge. that, man. I love that, you know, uh, uh, massive action solves everything. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So that, that was a cool one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, like, like you just learn repeated things. They start repeating themselves. Like it's consistency. It's taking action. It's just reaching out to mentors. Like it's the same stuff people are saying, but so many people lack on the follow through of it. And so that's why it's just confusing part, but I guess this is entrepreneurship, you know? So I think, you know, consistency is a really big, uh, really very important step, man. I mean, I can't tell me, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've wanted to quit, dude. Just this business is, is, right. um, it's a machine, right? But it's, it's well worth it, um, you know, financially. And also it's very rewarding, man, when you help somebody buy and sell real estate. I mean, it's, it's a really good feeling. And I know for sure, I know for a fact that, you know, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be me because I'm very thorough with what I do in my work. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've wanted to quit. And, you know, there's just a couple of things that help me reengage that, you know, I'm like, damn, you know, I got to keep going. I've, I've got goals to hit. I'm, you know, take a look at my goals and my five year plan. And like, hey, you know, you've got, you know, you got goals to reach. I mean, you know, it's it's, um, you know, it takes a lot of work to be success. You know, success is rented and rent is due every day. So. I remind myself about that every single day. I'm like, damn, I got to get up and grind. I, I believe that, you know, everything goes to zero at midnight. I believe in, in going to bed tired and waking up hungry, man. That's just how I'm wired. Yep. I love that. And so before we run out of time, I just want to touch on your goals a little bit. So kind of like looking at your future, like what are some of your goals that you really do hope to get accomplished in like the next couple of years? Um, you know, the goal is financial freedom, right? The goal is never to make a shitload of money. It's, it's the, it's, 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 wow it's the it's what money can bring as far as from a freedom standpoint so 
the goal is to create passive income. I personally believe at some point in our lives, we're going to move towards passive, passive income. And so my goals are to have in the next five years, 10 rental properties. My goal is to have a thousand agents partner with me at EXP. Uh, my goal is to become a public speaker. Um, I've got several different goals. Those are those are pretty much the top three, right? Those are those, you know, are going to be the most rewarding and, and going to change the quality of my life. But I've got several different goals that are based on business, uh, personal, spiritual, uh, relationship wise. So I've got goals kind of in those categories that I'm on track. And I look, I look at on a monthly basis just to make sure like, hey, am I am I taking action toward these goals? Right. So that's it's very it's number one, it's 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 powerful writing down your goals, because in a year when it happens, like, oh, shit, I wrote it down and it came into fruition. Number two, it's actually very powerful to keep track and looking back at them and speaking them into existence, because, I mean, everything that we do, a thought, uh, a, a movement, um, you know, words that we speak, it, it's a it's a vibration. Right. And so the vibrations that you're putting out into the universe, man, it's going to it's going to trigger what kind of vibrations you bring back into your own world. So. I tend to be very positive. I, 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 I um, you know, I, I speak positivity. Um, you know, I'm very upbeat, kind of uh, happy-go-looking kind of guy. So I want positivity in my life, and so I cut out any any drama. I cut out anything that could be negative, man. It could be a relationship that needs to go right. I don't want that kind of in my life. So um, all of that helps me achieve my goals. And so that you know that those are some of the goals and and what I do to help make sure that those goals those goals come into play. Hundred percent. I love that. It'll be cool to kind of see you reach those two in the next couple of years. So I'm excited to watch that progression. Um, so before we hop off, is there anything else that you'd like to say? And if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. You can reach uh, the, probably the best way is through Instagram at David Bentick. That's D A V I D B E N T I N C K. Um, you know what I will what what I would probably leave to somebody is that you know success leaves clues, and so there's there's a reason why or there's there's a reason why successful people are in the position that they are today, I would say reach out to these people who you believe are successful and just ask to pick their brain and, and find the commonality with what's going on with them. Like, you know, find the commonality of what, um, you know, what they're doing differently that you're not. If you don't have something in your life, it's probably, you know, we need to take a look at your what, what you're doing on a daily basis. You know, it could be just a simple change that can help you get that, you know, the, the results that you want. I personally believe that I personally believe that if you don't have something in your life. It's probably because you haven't learned something. I'm sure somebody out there has learned what you're trying to accomplish. And so all I have to do is just reach out to that successful person, pick their brain, model their success. And I mean, you know, the, the results that they've done in, in 10 years, you can probably do and accomplish it in two to two to three. That's awesome. Love that. All right, guys, there you have it. David Bentick. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey boss. I appreciate you. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Drop. No way that we go is a one way street. Nothing that we Yeah.